Take your Bible, if you would please. Join me today in the book of Mark. You say, how long are you going to preach out of the book of Mark till we get through? And today we have arrived in Mark chapter 9 and verse number 14. What a wonderful passage of scripture. It's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But Mark is, for one reason or another, I do not know, is more descriptive and puts more terminology in it. And usually Mark is one of them guys that just slides on through because actually Mark is only writing down what he's heard Peter preach. And so, but Mark, for some reason or another today, spent more time on the text. I'd like to bring you up to date of where we are. Notice last week we found Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and they're on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let me read it for you, please, in verse 2 of chapter 9. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow, so that no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a glory button and I was there, that would definitely have to push my glory button. At the Mount of Transfiguration, what has been on the inside of Jesus all along has now suddenly came to the outside. God, with the omnipotent hand of omniscient, grabbed a hold of the humanity of Christ and yanked back the veil and let the glory of God shine through. And while all of this took place, Moses and Elijah talked with Jesus. The question might have come up, will we recognize each other in heaven? They recognized Moses and Elijah. And I don't know why that we should not recognize one another. The question has come up, will you be married in heaven? Now let's go on to the next verse. Now look at verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain. Now verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. 
From the mountain to a monster. From uh, revelation to rebellion. We don't always live on the mountaintop. Life is not always a shout hallelujah, praise God, and pass the biscuits. It was not long after they had seen the Lord glorified. They walked into this wicked old world and saw the devil exemplified. Happiness turned to horror. Nothing in this world will tear and wrench and wring the soul of a mom and dad. Like a rebellious child. And here we have a father, a caring father, if you please. The Bible says in verse 24 that he cried with tears. Is there any parents here today that have cried tears? Over rebellious, wayward children who without thought to parents, society, God or anybody, they're going to do what they want to do. So was this child. We do not know how old he was. Some might say the father called him a child, that must make him young. I call Andrew my child. I call Amanda my child. I call David my child. It does not mean that the child was an infant child. And the Bible says that he brought his child to Jesus. Let's read on now. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son. Verse 19, and he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. We take our children to psych- child psychologists. We allow our school to counsel our children when we know the Bible says, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. And we wonder why in the world our children ought to die. And Jesus said, the answer is not take them to a psychologist, bring them to me. Of course, to bring your children to Jesus means you might have to come too. To bring your children to church, it might mean you don't drop them off at the curb and come back after you get through with your do what did he? I wonder. Is there anything as upsetting 
and emotional draining and will cause more disharmony in the home than a child that is rebellious. Many times we say we have no idea why our children are that way. How could this happen to a little innocent baby? Brother Odell, Ms. Odell brought the gift from God this morning and introduced him to us. You say, well, that's their child. No, that's God's child. The Bible said children are a heritage of the Lord. Blessed is the man who has his quiver full. If Brother Odell don't watch it, he'll have a full quiver soon. And we ask ourselves, how could this innocent, good-looking child turn into a monster, if you please? An absolute disobedient monster that foams at the mouth and grits his teeth in anger and uh, cries out in his heart, but is dumb and cannot speak and, and, and draw wallows in the dirt and, and, and cusses and raise cane, disobedient to children. How could a child come from the one we met a little while ago to the one we are addressed with in the scripture? How could this happen? Maybe the influence in the home has been wrong. I'm just saying maybe now. Children are great mimics, if you please. They listen, they learn, they, 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 they mimic what goes on in the house. I do not know if this man, this woman was the right kind of parents or not. But I want to share something with you. If you wait until they're large to get concerned and begin to cry, it's too late. You say, I don't whip my children. Good, get ready for them to whoop you. You say, that won't work. Yes, it will work. And it does work. Maybe in this child's life, there was a lack of godly leadership. Now listen to it. Godly leadership. That boy needs to know what a man is like. Uh, That boy needs to know what a mommy is like. And the two roles need to be mimicked and implemented in that child's life. Every day he lives, he must know what a man is and what a woman is. I'm humored at the commercials today. Big, strong athletes telling you and I to be kind and not bully and be kind to different people. It's not about bullying. It's about homosexuality. That's not propagating, not bullying in the school. That is propagating regardless of what come down a pike. You are to allow it and you are to commend it and you are to agree with it. So take your commercials and jam it. You say, is this on TV? I hope not. 
I'm against bullying in any sort. I was bullied all of my life until I learned claw hammer. I did not have the benefit of karate or judo, but I did have the benefit of daddy's claw hammer. Thusly, bullying was all over. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, this boy's parents has allowed the TV and video games to babysit him when he was younger. Because maybe mom and daddy did not see the necessity of spending quality time with the boy. To teach him, I do not know. But lest you and I look at this boy, verse 17 and 18, please now. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought, my, I brought unto thee my son, which was, hath a dumb spirit. Now that dumb spirit does not mean ignorant. Although I have seen some children that that does apply. It means he was unable to speak. Verse 18, and whithersoever he taketh him. Now notice if you would please, that evil spirit was in complete control. He taketh him. Anywhere he wanted to, he taketh him. It's kind of like addiction. I'll not do that again. But you do. I'll not go there again, but you do. I'll not say that again, but you do. I'll not call her again, but you do. I'll not look at pornography again, but you do. You are being taken captive by the devil at his will, and he takes you where he wants you to go. He taketh him. You see, the parents were spanking the child when they should have been trying to get rid of the devil. The parents were beating up the kid when it wasn't the kid's fault. Have anybody here ever chopped off some limbs and let the root stay? Well, I'll put you in your stinking room and you won't go anywhere. Well, when you let him out of the room, he's going to do what he wants to do. How many parents here today or spanking the kid instead of going to God and let the do, let God put the the collar and the necktie on the devil. How many parents there yelling at the kid when they ought to be yelling to God and said, "Dear God, take this from my kid." You say this is a ridiculous sermon. Give me some breaks. I hadn't preached in a long time. Many of us who've raised children and look back and see the era of our discipline and the area and the era of not discipline and discipline the wrong time for the wrong purpose. Oh, how we need God's wisdom. Notice verse 18, the Bible said, He leadeth him, He taketh him. And he teareth him. Preacher, what does that mean? 
Sarah. You want to read this now? Is this going to be a success? Oh, you say, they're just kids. Be sober, the Bible said. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, seeketh, walketh about, seeking whom he may tear and devour. The devil don't want to just play an overnight game with your kid. The devil wants your kid. You say, well, thank God he don't want me. The devil wants your mama's kid. Well, this is for somebody else. No. There's mamas and daddies that's cried over you. And he roameth about seeking whom he be devoured. Verse 18 said, he teareth them and he foameth and gnasheth or grind. You ever heard anybody so mad they, they grind their teeth? That's the right time to hit them. Because her teeth are all together. More of a move. And it don't cut your fist near as bad. You say, how do you know that? Brother Jim told me. What a pitiful sight. What a pitiful sight. Of a young man. being torn, foaming at the teeth, mouth like a mad, rabid dog, grinding his teeth. Can you think of anything that would reach into the bosom of man and yank his heart out? Like seeing his son like that. Merciful, helpless, hopeless, watching his child. Suffer and the devil having a heyday with his kid. Say, what's the point of all of this? Notice verse 20. And when they brought him to Jesus, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground wallowing and foaming. I was... Had a friend that weighed about 350 pounds standing in the churchyard. This huge man began to have an attack. You probably know what they are, but he began to foam at the mouth, began to wallow on the ground. He would begin to go into having a seizure. i never seen that before in my life. He was completely out of control. Some say, if you don't, not, not careful, an epileptic seizure that the person might even swallow their tongue. 
I'm not saying that is demon possession. But I'm saying I never felt so empathy for a person in all my life and felt so hopeless and helpless in all my life. As that huge man wallowed there and foamed at the mouth and tried to speak and tried to tell me what to do. As I tried to get that huge man into the front seat of my truck, it was absolutely impossible. I was a young man then. I looked kind of like a huge football player. Well, not so huge. Maybe ping pong player. Would that go with me? But can you visualize the heart of a daddy? And even when he brought him to Jesus, the spirit, the demon, the, the devil was so rabid and so rebellious that this devil did not flee when they saw Jesus. And this devil did not describe him as the son of God. This devil said, I'll show you, buddy. You don't know who you're up against. And as Jesus began to see the child, the devil threw him on the ground and tried his dead level best to kill the boy right in front of Jesus. You see, this guy was a mess. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? He said, of a child. And oft times it hath caught him and cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, that's what that fellow said to Jesus. The daddy said, if thou canst do anything, have compassion, not on the kid. Look at that now. On us. Daddy, you need God's presence in your life as well as your child needs God's presence in your life. This daddy said, dear God, if you can, would you please help us? Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears. I read a verse one time. It said, he that goeth forth weeping. He that goeth forth weeping. Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bring in their sheaves. What's wrong with the Baptist folk? We lost our tear. How long has it been, Daddy, since you sat down and prayed and wept for God's direction and leadership in the life of your child? we'd spend less time complaining to each other about our children and spend more time with raising them up before the throne of God we might see something supernatural take place in our lives you say do you ever complain about yours yeah to them not to anybody else 
it's pretty good scripture. And he said, are you going to preach today? Don't look like it. I can't add anything to it anyhow. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together. See, Jesus didn't do it to please the crowd. See, he didn't need a crowd to heal somebody. It's amazing how the healers today has got to be on, have a crowd to do it. And they got to show off that they can heal somebody. Jesus didn't need to show off. And when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, notice, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. I like them apples. You say, that won't work on my kid. Try it. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was as one dead in so much that many said he is dead. And the devil said, I'll show this crowd and everybody around who's boss. I'm coming out, but they're going to know I've been here. And that rebellious, evil, demonic spirit tried to kill that kid again. And he came out as the kid laid there as if he was dead, lifeless. And everybody around said, well, there's one that Jesus couldn't fix. I knew these two mean for God to handle And Jesus just reached down and said, get up. And the boy arose. Can you say amen? Amen. The devil took a whipping again. And I think, bless the Lord, maybe some of us need to realize that the devil's really not in charge. We need to realize he's trying to rob and wreck our homes. And we need to realize he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He is the green slimy snake, the dragon of the book of the Revelation. But we need to realize greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we are more than conquerors to him who loved us and gave himself for us. Can anybody say amen? Dear God, I'm going to preach myself dead and you ain't even going to say nothing about it. Now, it's five minutes till 12, and we're about to get to the sermon. (laughs) But it won't take long. Now, watch this. And straightway, the father cried. And the Bible says in verse 27, And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he's coming to the house, his disciples ask him privately, out of embarrassment, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind. Not an ordinary kind. 
Not like last week's kind. This kind. You know what's wrong with us? We're satisfied with that kind. Instead of this kind. Uh, We want the kind that allow us to do our own thing. Then to come church on Sunday dressed in our garbs. And act like we've been living for God all week. That's the kind we want. We want the kind that we'll turn our kid over to a heathenistic counselor at school. And let them talk to our kids about why they're so rebellious and listen to our kid condemn we as parents and blame us for how they are. That's the kind we want. We want the scientific kind. We want the educational kind. We want the comforting kind. Uh, We want the convenient kind. Now, come on, somebody tell amen. Amen. You know this is God's truth. You're willing to give up everything to God except something, and it's that kind that you want to keep. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we want the kind that the preacher will teach our kids the Bible while we watch uh, weird porno movies at night. That's the kind we want. We want the kind that appeals to our flesh and not to our spirit. We want the kind that don't cost anything. We want that kind. But only this kind is going to work in this economy. You watch what the public schools are doing. You watch what our president is doing. You watch what our government is doing. And our freedom is getting shorter every day. Our liberty is shrinking fast. And our privacy and our individuality is going down the tube while we sit around and satisfied with that kind. Well, we'll just turn him over to the government. If we can't control him, send him off to a ranch somewhere. We want to pass our bad deeds and our bad influences off and blame somebody else for not being able to fix it. Come on now, I thought you wanted to come to church. But Jesus said, this kind. I mean... The kind that takes a wallowing, foaming maniac. Matthew said, he's an idiot. He's foaming. He's devil possessed. He's consumed totally by evil. He's wicked. He's demonic. What are we going to do with him? Will that kind fix him? Will last week fix him? Will what you did yesterday fix him? What's wrong? How are we going to fix him? A society that's on its way to hell in a handbasket. A society that thinks they're good Christians if they show up one time a year with their temperature 98.6. A society that asks God to bless them and then when God does, you won't even give God back what is His. Oh, you're happy with that kind. I'm not happy with that kind. Society is not going to govern this church. 
A convention is not going to govern this church. Another church is not going to govern this church. Another preacher is not going to govern this church. God is in control. And I want this kind every Sunday we meet. Bring your wayward child and ask God to do something in his life that will last forever. God says, come out and don't ever go back. That'll work. I said, that'll work. I wish I had time. I don't. But this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now I want you to know something. Listen to me. The devil don't like that verse. In fact, if you look in the NIV and the B-U-L-L and the most recent baloney perversion, you'll find the devil left that verse out. Matthew 17, he left the verse plumb out. And in this verse, they cut the last part out, fasting. Isn't it amazing that in Matthew, that this verse, verse 21, is gone. As you read the NIV, and that's what everybody else is Recommending today. You read verse 20. They never tell you that to yank verse 21 out. And you go right to verse 22. See the devil don't like this. The devil don't like fasting. And this ain't fasting to get skinny and pretty. This ain't starting a new program so you can get rich selling to other fat folk. You know what causes fat? Food. And if you want to come to my office next week, I'll spend 30 minutes and help you and show you how to lose weight. We'll just sew your lips together for a while. Well, the doctors are taking things out and wrapping things up and sewing things up. Why can't my, my perversion work? But this kind, listen to me now. This is not ordinary kind. This spiritual kind. Boy don't have a discipline problem. He got a spiritual problem. You can whip him till he's raw. You can sand his nose and stick it in a corner until he looks like Pinocchio. You can do anything you want to this kid. Until you deal with a spiritual problem. You're not going to help him. And I want to just encourage you. Why don't we start doing this kind? Why don't we start asking God, can we have this kind? Now that means your kind's going to have to take off. That means your kind's going to have to be put to the side. But I got some kids in this church. 
And I know some older kids. It's not kids any longer in this church. And they're members of our church. And I'm tired of hearing people run them down. I think we just need to get in on this guy. Only Jesus can take care of those kids. And when he does, be a permanent job. Can anybody say amen? You say, preacher, you think the kid had long hair? If he wanted it. You think he wore hot pants? No, I think he wore warm drawers. Same thing. You say, you worried about what he's wearing? No. I'm worrying about what's wearing him out. You say, you think the kid had tattoos? If he wanted them. Do you think God loved him? Anyhow, God said, come out of him. He didn't remove the tattoos. He just removed the purpose for the tattoos. We need to look past the earrings. And I don't know anything about navel buttons. I started to say we need to look past them. And we really do that. Is anybody here today want this guy? See, I don't want a music program to attract folks. Now, I don't want promotion and gimmicks and gags to attract folk. If we get Jesus in here, that'll be all we need. Amen. Amen. Been a long time since he's seen a Baptist bring a kid or a kinfolk. And they don't dress kind of like we want them to dress. and They smell in a very unusual way. And there's a dad or a mom, a sister or a brother. For a solid 30 minutes, tears running down their cheek. Praying and asking God to give us this kind. See, we can get that kind at the ball game. We can get that kind of high watching the Mavericks. No, we can't the Mavericks. Right? No, not the Rangers. See, that's why I don't want that kind. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And you'll leave today happy with your kind. Yeah, you will. You'll walk right out of here content with your kind. Go to the doctor, take our pills, hope the medical society can keep us breathing and looking good. We need to get out of that kind, get into this kind. Amen. Amen. Well, that's half the introduction (laughs) to the message. This kind. You know why some of you folk are here? You didn't like that kind. It's not my preaching. It's not Andrew's. It's not Jim's. It ain't about preaching. It's about Jesus. He's here. He working in hearts. 
Can you say amen? amen. 